or Crawford. See, Crawford got mic'd up. Greenlee didn't. <laughs> All right. Um, my elder brother, Josh, uh, asked me to do a little talk about communion. Um, if you all remember in the past, for at least the past two years, I would imagine, we've been splitting off into small groups on the side and kind of doing our own little groups. It seems when Tommy has a group, there's about 50. Um, other people only have two. Other people have ten. Um, I voiced to the elders at some point in the last year and said, I would like to have a time where we can do the corporate body together, all celebrating communion together. And uh, I didn't know, but because I said that, I was asked to talk about it a little bit. So, Who here likes public speaking? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, there's a couple. Okay. Um, I'd like to just get everything handed out now, Jack, while I'm talking. Um, there's going to be some instructions... Daniel mentioned how messy his kids were. Bless your hearts. If you have kids and you think they're going to spill or anything like that, it may be a good idea to have them at the tables. Um, the little cups are difficult to open, but don't worry about it. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to. So these guys are going to hand out the elements. We have the bread and we have the juice or wine. Um, And Jack, you're going to do those just family by family, handing out a number per family, correct? We'll try to keep it as, uh, uh, as wise as possible. I know people are worried about different things, and for good reason. So the guys are going to hand it out and be judici- judicious about how they do that. If you would, if you have a Bible in front of you, open up to Hebrews 4, please. Yeah, I'll need one too. This isn't supposed to be a sermon, by the way. This is supposed to be just a few minutes. So, um, just wanted to make everybody aware of that. Let me just read this, because I, I think that this, this little passage here is foundational in our standing. Everybody there? Or we got it on the screen? This is from the NIV. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's just, you know, we were singing that song, Your Grace is Enough, and the whole time I'm thinking it, I'm thinking, Your grace is so much more than enough. Now, for our position where we are as humans, it's enough, you know. We, we don't see all of it. But the grace of our Lord is such an overpayment for our sins. I'm just above and beyond and overflowing and overflowing. I think we get into 
a habit um, as Christians of constantly looking at our issues and trying to fix, trying to fix. Um, that's not what communion is about. And this, this, this is why communion is celebrated. We're celebrating the death of our Lord and Savior, which is a very interesting thought when you actually kind of think about it for a little while, celebrating somebody's death. So why are we doing that? Why are we celebrating the death of our Lord and Savior? First of all, this celebration is only for believers. This is not for unbelievers. So I'm going to say right off the bat to any of you that are sitting here, I know most of you, almost all of you, but if you're not a believer in Christ, do not participate in this. This is not for you. This is for those who have been purchased with the blood of our Lord and Savior. This is a sacred right of his people, his church. And it is for us only. It is for nobody else but the purchased people of his, of his kingdom. Which anybody here can become, by the way, today. You know, I was thinking about communion. We did a lot of talking at my house when we were doing the home church. It was really fun just going through all the different aspects of what I see in Scripture that kind of speak about communion. Today, though, I'm going to just do some of the, the basics that I see in the New Testament. I, uh, but going back to the Old Testament just for a little bit, I find it interesting that how did man fall? You don't have to answer. It's just rhetorical. He fell. The fall of man happened as a result of him eating. Does anybody notice that? What did he do? He took from the, the tree and he ate. Christ is the redeemer of all things. Who can say amen to that? All things. He decided, you know what, I'm going to even redeem eating. And how am I going to do that? This is the means. It's a redemption of everything from start to finish. And the communion that we do here, the celebration, this time, this place, as Bobby was saying last week, talking about times and places, the Lord operates in specific ways. He tells us. He's like, yeah, we walk around so much like, I wonder what the Lord's telling me to do. What's the Lord saying to me today? I can guarantee you he's telling you to fellowship with the saints. You don't ever have to question that. If you want to know what he's telling you to do when the saints get together, he's telling you, join them. Amen? So if you think, you know, oh, I can, you can do whatever you want to. The good news is you have decided to take hold of an opportunity. The Lord says, here is a time and here is a place for you to meet. Take hold of that opportunity. It's not just an obligation, although I think we're obliged. Look past it being an obligation and look at it as an opportunity. This time, this place. Does that make sense? It can look so much different. So timing is, timing is so much. The Lord is very interested in time. So I'm just going to get into a quick thing here. We talked about Hebrews, and I want to talk about the bread, because there is a, there is a very specific separation. There's a delineation between the body and the blood. I don't prefer that they get lumped together, because they're two different things, speaking two different truths. Okay? The bread. Jesus says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Jesus had been waiting for this opportunity. He Long had he been waiting to, to bring forth this final Passover dinner that he was having with his disciples. This was the time. This was the place. All of history had led up to that moment where what was he going to do? He was going to say, it is time to introduce the new covenant where man is not asked to do, 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 to, to meet requirements, to re- meet requirements. I am going, Jesus said, to the cross to meet all the requirements. And now, through this new covenant, you're going to find yourselves in me, he said. That's a huge change. That we are now in Christ. And new creations in Christ, for that matter. And as he is in heaven, right now, so are we here on earth. That is an, it's an amazing thought, and it's sometimes a thought that we battle, right? Like you mess up. You maybe you felt a little grumpy this morning. Maybe things weren't going right. Maybe you had a little argument with your spouse. And then you've got to go to church and put on a happy face. You can do that. Or you can say, Lord... I know I'm a grumpy slob right now, but I also know who I am in you. And I don't have to fix the way I feel. I have to look to you, Lord, and you will do it for me. I trust that he will do it for me. Yes? The bread, the body of our Lord that was given. And then in in Corinthians it says this, Because there is one loaf, We who are many are one body, for we all partake of that one loaf. What it's saying here is we are all necessary participants of this. If you think you're here visiting and it's just, oh, I just decided today to show up, I guarantee you the Father called you here. If you're here and you didn't really want to come, but you did, and... You just can't wait to get home and just get this thing over with. I guarantee you the Father called you here today. Okay? And we are part of this one body. We've been talking a lot about family and fellowship and what that means. We all need each other. Each one of us is a specific part of that body with specific responsibilities that he has called us to do. Now, you either believe that or you do not believe that. I, for one, do because the scripture says it's so. So many times I find it hard in my heart to believe it because, again, feelings get in the way. Emotions get in the way. Circumstances get in the way. I don't like the way this guy's talking this week and I'm just tired of hearing this same old, I think I'll just stay home. What are you believing there? Are you believing the word that says you're a necessary part of a functioning body? Or are you believing the way you feel? It's like the man that got married, you know, and he goes through the whole ceremony. He has his first night with his wife. He wakes up the next morning. For some reason, he goes out to breakfast with his friend. Yeah, right? And the friend's like, well, how's it going? He's like, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel married. And his friend just gives him a knock on the head. You are married. (laughs) You know, 
It doesn't matter how you feel. You are who you are. And if you believe you were purchased with the blood of Christ, then there is going to be actions made manifest based on what you believe. Does that make sense to everybody? We do things based on what we believe. Whether you like it or not. Now, there's some excuses we can throw in there, but that's the end result. So what we have to understand is we are all vital parts of one body. Vital. Called to be here today, here, and now. When we take this, this bread, we are indicating that I am part of that body of Christ. We are the only representatives of his body on earth. No one else is representing Christ. We are. And then the worldwide body. But he does call us to each other here and now. So don't get tricked into that thought that, well, I'm part of the worldwide church and I can sit home and watch on TV and get some good. You can get some good teaching. But part of love is the necessity to bear one another's burdens. You can't bear burdens without being together. It is impossible. Does everybody agree with that? Any disagreements on that? We can go over that afterwards. But this is a, a vital part of who we are in Christ. So when we take this, we recognize who we are in that, in that body. We recognize, yes, I am called by the Father as a vital member of this community. Yes? Vital. Necessary. We all have a function. From... Pastor Josh, I think it's the first time I've called my brother Pastor Josh, down to the smallest child that's sitting at the table that might not be known what's going on is already eating the bread. You know, we're all vital though, okay? Important to realize. So, right now we're going we're gonna to partake of the bread because I like the delineation. I also want to mention while we're taking this that his body was meant for our healing, if you have issues with healing, with sickness, with things in your... Give that to the Lord. Give that whole ball of wax to the Lord in whatever capacity you're able to do it through faith. He bore our sufferings, our sorrows, our iniquities, our sicknesses. And we can give them to Him. And His timing and His perfection of work will be made complete in us. Okay, so we take this, everybody open that little part up, there's one little section on top that's separate. We thank you, Jesus, that we're a part of your body, here today, here now, for this time, this place, and this purpose. Through the finished work of the cross, you have called us, by your grace and mercy, to enter in and be a part of your body here and now and forevermore. Amen? And then we look to the blood. The new covenant. The new covenant that says there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is such a powerful thought. Every time you mess up, every time you sin, and I guarantee you, you're going to do it more than you know, 
We go to the Father, and, and there's plenty of time for us. You know, we do. We, we should go to the Father and say, Lord, I, I messed up. We need to talk this out. But know for a fact in the midst of that talk that your sins have been taken care of past, present, and future. You're done with being condemned. Why? Because we have a, a high priest that we're in right now in the heavenlies. When God sees Jesus Christ as our high priest, we are in him. Can God condemn his son Jesus? Then he cannot condemn us because we are in him. That's the power of new life, of new covenant. It's not just about you living up to a set of standards. Although I believe that if we believe him rightly, we will live up to those standards. It will happen. That's called sanctification. But right now, you are made perfect in Christ. And you have all the means necessary to live the life that Christ has called you to live. That's the new covenant. Is that amazing? I'm just trying to think which way to go with this, because I could talk about it a lot, but I told Josh, five minutes? It's been five minutes, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Let's just, let's just take up this, this now, this juice, and reflect. When we reflect, you do examine yourselves. Okay? Our examination, though, is us examining who we are in Christ now. You are a new creation. Your flesh does need to be put away with. It does need to be reckoned with. But your spirit is a new creation in Christ Jesus right here, right now. If you're feeling guilty or condemned or feeling like you you just can't do enough to please him, he's pleased. He is inevitably pleased because you're in his son. His grace is enough. It has to be enough. If it's not enough, then this is all just folly. This is all just a game we're playing to make ourselves feel better. But it's not a game. When Jesus said, I am the bread and I am the life, we went from a point in our lives where it wasn't even life. You're either in, you're in two places here. You're in death or you're in life. There's no middle ground of good people that are hovering. You're either here in death or you're here in life. So when Christ says, come into my life, he's saying, I, and he says, I am life. There's no other way to do it. You can't good yourself into heaven. You can't behavior yourself into heaven. You can only go into Christ by faith and say, you I am in you now because you are my Lord and Savior and what you've done is enough. That's the power of the covenant. When you're struggling, when you're worried and anxious, look to Jesus. You know, I keep getting this picture of Peter this week and, he, and you know, walking on the water. Who doesn't know that story? And he's like, Lord, if it's you, bid me come out. And Jesus is like... Come on. None of the other disciples asked. Just Peter. I would imagine any of those disciples asked. They all would have been called out. But Peter, 
Peter's like, I, I want a part in this. And he, he said, okay, here I go. And he starts walking. And, you know, he sees Jesus and he's walking on the water. It's a miraculous walk. A wonderful walk. And he's already doing something that's, that's defying physics. And then he looks at the wind and the waves. I'm like, Peter, you're already walking on water. Who cares about the wind and the waves? And I think that's a lot like us. We're already walking on the water when our eyes are on Christ. What happens is so many times we look at the wind and the waves. I did this wrong. I'm having this struggle. I can't meet that expectation. I'm not doing enough. The wind and the waves. And Jesus is like, don't doubt. He will grab you. He will lift you up. And he'll say, why did you doubt? You look at me. You have one job as a Christian. is to look to Christ. One job. You don't have any other job but to look to Christ. And then he will put you in the perfect position to do the work that he has called you to do. Does everybody realize that? This is a struggle. It really is. There's a lot of wind and there's a lot of waves. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. That's what we're doing here. You take your eyes off the wind. You take your eyes off the waves. You focus on Christ. You focus on his blood shed for you and the new covenant of life. That's the power of communion. Every time we take this, remember, look to Christ. Look to the new covenant. Reckon yourself saved and in Christ. A new creation. Sin's done away with. Thank you, Jesus. If any of you don't know the Lord and you'd like to, please, even now, come up. If we all do, wonderful. Um, Josh was mentioning, you know, if anybody has prayer needs or anything based on what we just talked about, we can do that now, we can do that later. I think we're going to go ahead and, and dismiss the kids. So all kids can go to their class. Becky and the worship team are going to come back up. We're going to finish up worship. Um, but as we're worshiping, you all, if there's anything that you need dealing with the Lord, come on up while everyone's worshiping. There'll be someone here to pray with you. And uh, let's continue on. I'm so glad that we were able to do this as a body. I like the little groups and I understand the little groups, but I really love that we could celebrate this time with the whole body of Christ here today. So, Amen. Amen.